0: Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Today we're going to begin... In Mark chapter four, we're going to read verses one through seven. He began to teach by the wayside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea, on the land. And he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine. Hearken there. Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass as he sowed. Some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up, and because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns and the thorns grew up, and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. Today, with the help of the Lord, we're going to be talking about growing weeds and bearing fruit, growing weeds and bearing fruit. God, I praise you right now. Thank you for the opportunity for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to deliver your word. I pray, God, you would anoint these imperfect lips and let them to speak a word that would glorify you, a word that would encourage, a word that would uplift, a word that would speak exactly what it needs in a perfect moment. God, I praise you. All glory and all honor would be unto you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. So, to start our study tonight of growing weeds and bearing fruit, I was out the other evening watering my garden. And I say garden, I have less than 10 plants, so don't be impressed. And they were given to me. So, I was starting to water my garden. And as I went out and I stooped down to grab some water, I noticed right next to me was a weed that was just about as tall as all the plants in my garden. And like Brother David was talking about on Sunday, I got a little bit of righteous indignation stirred up. Good for nothing, weed. Here I am, laboring, working, trying so hard. I'm making it sound good for the study. Making it so, trying so hard to keep this stuff alive so it'll flourish and so I can have tomatoes. And here's this good for nothing, fruitless, selfish weed that's growing. I haven't touched it. I haven't watered it. And I went to pluck it, and I was, you know, righteously indignant. And don't act like you haven't had those moments. We all have. (laughs) And just as I was about to grab it, it, just, you know how those moments, you don't hear the word, you don't hear God's voice audibly, but you just feel it. And God spoke and just said, weeds are fruitless. Fruits take work. Fruits take work. That weed will never give me anything but pain and anguish and frustration But those fruits, those vegetable plants, they're going to take work. They're going to take a lot of effort. But you know what? They're going to give me some things back. Anything that will give you something, anything that is worth the work will be some work. And usually it'd be a perfect inverse relationship. However much you put into something, you get out of something. A weed is selfish. A weed is all about me. A weed is nothing for anybody else. A weed just says, I'm going to grow and see how tall I get before that goofy looking man plucks me out of the ground. I want to look really closely as we move forward in our study on verse number seven. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. We're going to pull two main things out of that scripture as we move forward. First is the word that's used for choke. It choked it. The thorns choked the seeds out. And that word is supnego. Supnego is a combination word. So to get that word, we have a combination of two other words. And those two other words are seen, which is to be identified with, to be identified with. And pnego, which is to choke. So if you read that word literally there in the scripture, you would get choked because joined with. Choked because joined with. Secondly, I'd like to to look at what killed these seeds. Was it a lack of water? Nope. Were they bad seeds? No, because some other ones grew. Was it a lack of earth or soil, bad conditions, rough climate, too much sun, too much fertilizer, not enough fertilizer? It was none of the above. It was because these seeds were choked out of the nutrients by the unfruitful, selfish thorns that surrounded them. That's the only reason that they died. They were surrounded by unfruitful things. We must be very careful when we're entertaining, associating, and identifying with things that are unfruitful. Because things that are fruitless have a way of choking out those things that are fruitful. 1 Corinthians ten I'm going to read this in the Amplified Version. All things are lawful, that is morally legitimate and permissible, but not all things are beneficial, advantageous. All things are lawful, but not all things are constructive to character and edifying to spiritual life. Matthew Henry's commentary on this says, a Christian must not barely consider what is lawful, but what is expedient and for the use of edification. What incredible admonishment we get right there. Because how often do we barely consider it? God, is it okay if I, okay, good, thank you. God, is it okay if I go, yep, thank you, perfect. We get The answer we hear first is usually the answer we want to hear, and that's the answer we take. That's the answer we run with. Is it okay if I associate with these types of thorns? Okay, cool, I'm going to go ahead over there. Is it okay if I associate with these kinds of thorns over here? Okay, good, I'm going to go over there. And then we're surprised why the thorns take all the nutrients and we're left fruitless sometimes. Let us as kingdom citizens not ask first, can I? But let us ask first, should I? Does it edify? Is it any good? Is it going to do me spiritually any good? Is it going to edify me at all? And if the answer is no, that may be your answer. Is it lawful for you to go and take a walk in the woods and roll around the first briar patch you come to? Absolutely. Go ahead. But I wouldn't. Because it'd be rather unpleasant. There are things that are lawful. You can do it. If you feel the need, go ahead. But it's not going to be pleasant. And why do we think any diff- anything different when we think of spiritual matters? Just because the Bible doesn't say verbatim, thou shalt not, doesn't mean sometimes we should not. Right. Right. We get a little more spiritual depth on this in Matthew 13 and 22. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of the world. And the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and becomes unfruitful. We get the word. We get these plans. We get the will of God. We get this, this calling of God in our life. And then our cares for other things just suck the nutrients right out of that. That thing never has a chance to grow. It could be great. It could grow. It could produce fruit beyond our wildest imagination. But we, in our cares sometimes for the world, We see an example of this in Luke 18. We see the rich, seemingly zealous young ruler. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto them, yet lackest thou one thing. The guy comes up and he says, what do I have to do to get in the kingdom of heaven? Well, you need to do A, B, C, done. You've obviously never heard of me. I do all those things. And then Jesus says, you just lack one thing. You need to sell all that you have and distribute it unto the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. What an incredible call. Like the ultimate opportunity. Jesus is standing there right in front of you and says, all you have to do is give up everything that's not important. You have to get rid of your fruitless things and come and follow the bread of life. All you have to do is get rid of all this stuff that isn't nearly important, and then I will give you everything that will live on forever. When he heard this, he was sorrowful, for he was very Rich. That's the word being choked out by the cares of this world. That's the word. That's a perfect a perfect example, rather, of how the word the world can choke out the word. I think sometimes we settle. Sometimes we settle for just surviving. Right? We get in this mentality. Sometimes a victim mentality. Sometimes you genuinely there's issues, and we we sometimes we just we settle. We get we get rutted in and we settle for well you know what devil. I'm alive. So take that. And the devil's like, good. You're not moving forward. That's progress for me. We as as children of God need to be fruitful, not alive. Like my tomato plants that I hope to keep alive. I hope they do. We are meant to be fruitful. We are not meant simply to survive. We are meant to be fruitful. We are meant to exhibit God's character Isaiah 54 and 17 says, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. It's comforting to know. No matter what comes against me, no matter what thorn, how big, how ferocious, how undefeated, how incredibly awesome of a thorn it is, it will never defeat me. It will never drag me down if I'm in the word. If I'm in the word, if I'm walking after him, it'll never defeat me. It'll never touch me. So a few years ago, I I had a real garden of sorts. I I tried to go a real garden, and I have a much higher respect for those that actually have a garden that's successful. It's very tricky. You have to make sure you have the right amount of water so it grows, but not too much water so it drowns. You have to make sure you have enough nutrients, but not too much to where they die. You have to make sure you put fertilizer on it, but not too much, or it'll die. You're seeing a pattern here. You have to find a middle ground. You don't have to starve them, but you also don't want to give so much to where they'll die. And so I I struggled with all these things as a highly mediocre gardener. So some plants grow much better when they're next to other plants. Who knew? Because some plants do it like they will put nitrogen in the soil. Some plants use nitrogen. Put those together, what do you have? Perfection. I had no idea these things. And I faced the garden killer of all garden killers, weeds. Weeds. I hate weeds. I didn't weed for one day in my garden, and it felt like they just decided, okay, yep, now's the time. Move everybody in. Everybody, come on in. He's not here. He's taking a day off. And I fell behind further and further and further and further from that point. And I still had fruits, but I'll guarantee I didn't have near the fruits I would have had if all those weeds weren't sucking all the nutrients out of the soil. And... In research for this message, I learned some new things about weeds, which I'm pretty excited about to, you know, apply to my gardening career. Uh, Joe Erbach in his article, Growth in Gardening says, I have also come to understand that many weeds are a signpost for nutrition deficiencies or environmental imbalances in the soil. The weed seeds can survive for up to 70 years. Those seeds can survive for up to 70 years in your soil. And then they'll germinate whenever ideal circumstances present themselves. He goes on to say, this may be dry conditions, compact soils, wet conditions, soil acidity, salt, lack or excess of any minerals. Knowing the weeds that grow in your area can give you an insight to your soil, end quote. So that's pretty incredible. If I can see what weeds are growing in my garden, I can know what's going on underneath the surface. For example, according to farmersalmanac.com, chickweed, if you see chickweed thriving anywhere on your property, you can safely assume that you have rich soil that's high in nitrogen and it is very alkaline and compacted soil. If you find crabgrass, you can know that your soil has been depleted of nutrients and is compacted soil. If you find wood soil, you can know that your uh, soil is low in calcium and high in magnesium. So with this application, It's pretty incredible what you can do. You can identify whatever weeds are growing in the area and you can automatically know what's going on underneath the surface. So you can take those weeds and read them. You can take those weeds and say, okay, this specific weed is popping up over here. That means X, Y, Z. This specific weed is growing over here. That means X, Y, Z. It's pretty incredible that you can do this because the weeds that are growing in my garden whether it be physic- your physical garden or your spiritual condition, think of this in a, in a spiritual connotation. When you look at those weeds that are growing in your life, you can automatically detect what's going on under the surface. You can automatically begin to see what's happening. So for example, if you see bitterness growing, I see bitterness growing in my heart, right? That weed of bitterness is growing in my heart. Then I can safely assume my heart needs a soil adjustment. There's some things in my heart and my spiritual condition that need some work. Because if bitterness is thriving, if I'm letting the environment be created, that bitterness, the weed of bitterness will grow, that means forgiveness is not growing and cannot grow. So it could also be said, if you see fruits of greed, you need to adjust your soil because contentment can no longer grow. Or even if they can grow, the weeds are growing faster than the fruits. The fruitless things are growing faster and choking out those things that will add fruit. Galatians five twenty-two and three. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. So in reality, you can look at your heart condition. You can look and observe realistically, don't look at it and explain it away. You can look at these things that are growing in your life and you can say, why is this growing? Why is there an unnatural thing going on right here? What kind of environment does that need to grow? Right. Just as you can look at those weeds, you can look at crabgrass and say, there's no nutrients there because crabgrass is growing. You can also look and say, bitterness is growing. Why is bitterness growing? What kind of environment does bitterness need to grow? So let's talk about the remedy. The remedy. For example, peas, peas, vegetables. Peas prefer a fertile sandy loam that drains well but will tolerate most soils except heavy, impermeable clay. A pH level that is 6.0 to 7.5 is preferred. Where the soil is very acidic, apply dolomite or agricultural lime. So it sounds pretty simple, right? Super simple. I mean, if you want to grow peas, you need to meet these conditions. Easy peasy. (laughs) Couldn't resist. You'll notice that if the soil where your peas are growing is too acidic and inhibiting their growth, you simply put in what it needs to grow. It's a simple thought, I know, and it's just, just really digging in here. When fear tries to make the soil in your heart so anxious that peace pods can't grow, then you need to bring the word in and add it to that soil where it needs it. You need to realize if fear and anxiety is growing in my heart, what can I do to change the soil composition? What can I do to change my outlook? What can I do to change my perspective through the word that will kill fear and will grow peace? So, warning, 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 warning. Thorns are very, very good at disguising themselves. Very, very good at explaining themselves, right? They're these these weeds that grow in our lives are very good at explaining themselves. Yeah. Well, it's just a season. Right. You've had those. Well, I'm just frustrated because it's just just season. I haven't gotten much sleep. Things aren't going my way, and I'm just frustrated. And I'll get over it. Yeah. Well, it's just. It's just because there's a couple things going on. Once those things pass, once this season passes of busyness, you'll be perfectly fine. How many know that season will never, ever pass? Ever. It's just because I'm going through a lot. All these things should sound like sirens. Say, hey, thorn, I'm over here. I'm a thorn, and I'm over here. Growing in your garden. I'm over here growing where peace is supposed to be growing. I'm over here growing where other things are supposed to be producing fruit. We must learn to lean on and trust in the voice of God to help us identify and kill these weeds. Before they first choke out our fruits. Sometimes we cannot notice them until the health of our spiritual condition is damaged. We don't notice them until these weeds have choked out our plants so much. They've choked out our peace. They've choked out our, our love, our patience. Our, they choked out all these things so much to where it's so hard to bring these things back. So Jeremiah seventeen seven through 9, blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat comes, but when the leaf shall be green, and shall not be fruitful in the year of drought, and shall not be careful in the year of drought. Just kidding. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart, I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. It's hard to believe. Let's, let's be transparent for a moment. It's hard to believe that our heart, our own hearts and our own minds can deceive us. It's hard to believe that. It's hard to, because we at times think, yeah, I got the best interest in mind for me. I got the best I got so many things I want to do for God. I have so I have the best spiritual interest in mind for me. And then we let these thorns just continue to spread. And we don't even see them. Because our heart is being deceived. We have to learn to trust in the voice of God in this manner. I want to trust in him completely. I want him to search my heart. I want him to bring out things. And it will be uncomfortable. It'll be uncomfortable when God walks up on your garden, He's like, There ain't no fruit. It's all thorns. But you know what's amazing about that is you know they're there and you can proceed then. Right. C.S. Lewis in his book, Screwtape Letters, says, Indeed, the safest road, and I will pre, I will tell you this ahead of time, it is a, a bit of a shaking quote. It's a quote you read and you're like, oh, that hurts a little bit. Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one, yeah. the gentle slope, soft underfoot, Without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. Whew. That's a hard one to swallow. That's a hard one to swallow. That's the safest road for me to get to a garden of thorns, a garden of weeds, a heart full of sin, a mind that's never on him. is slight, slight turns, one thorn here or there, losing one fruit here or there. And then before you know it, before you realize it, your heart's full of weeds. Your mind's full of mess, soft underfoot. We must use the weeds and the sins that try to rise in our lives, try to rise up in our hearts. The areas of unfruitfulness, these things that vie for our attention above spiritual health. We have to use these things as signposts. We have to start seeing these things as signposts. We have to look and ask God for wisdom in diagnosing these issues that we have that are suitable to grow weeds. I don't know about you, but I'm really, really excited about this idea. I I love having ideas that I can implement in my daily life, and I can see little things, and I can think, huh, that wasn't growing there last week. What happened last week that has allowed the soil in that area of my heart to, to grow weeds, to choke out fruitfulness? How'd this happen? I, I thought I killed that sin. I thought I, I pulled out those weeds. I thought I, I, I just vanquished weeds out of my heart. Yes. Another thing I find interesting that Mr. Erbach said that we read earlier, weeds can survive up to 70 years. 70, that's a long, long time. And it makes me even more frustrated at weeds. They can survive for 70 years and they'll only germinate. They'll only start to grow whenever they get the ideal conditions. So whenever you're on top of it, whenever you're living for God, your mind's focused, all these things, they'll never germinate. They'll never begin to grow. But that moment that we slip up, that moment, I let the soil in my heart turn just a little, just enough, it'll sprout up out of the ground. You all ready for some good news? Good, good. Here we go. Here comes the turnaround. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, here comes the turnaround. I mean it was all good news, but here's the better news. John 19 and 30, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished, and bowed his head and gave up the ghost. I thought we were heading to good news, man. It's finished. We're going to get back to that in a minute. Reading again from the article of Joe Urbach, we have all seen weeds in our gardens, rushed to pull them out. But have you ever stopped to wonder why they're there in the first place? One of the main reasons that weeds are actually wonderful is that these plants photosynthesize and recycle nutrients, and they go through their life cycles, and as a result, they can actually improve soils with added carbons and minerals when they expire. If you're like me, you didn't catch much of that the first time. So let's, let's, let's pull it down a little bit. When they go through their life cycles, they can improve soils with added carbons and minerals when they expire. Simply put, when the weeds die, they fertilize my fruit. Look at weeds like that. You may be alive right now, but listen here, bucko. As soon as I kill you, you're going to fertilize my tomatoes. Because of you, I'm going to have bigger fruits. Because of you, oh, come on now. Somebody grab a hold of that. Somebody grab a hold of that. When you see some weeds growing, you see some sin desperately trying to choke out your fruits, you need to change the environment. And you need to look at your weeds and say, you know what? Just because of you, I'm having a bumper crop thank you. Thank you for the extra fertilizer. Thank you for trying to come into my heart. Thank you for trying to come into my garden and so that I can put you back in the soil and remind you where you came from. If the music would come. So that's the turnaround. That's the turnaround. That's what, what the devil meant for evil. In the scripture we just read in John 19, it is finished. That's the moment the devil probably just cried with excitement. It's over. It's done. He gave up. It's over. But then little did he know, that was the biggest victory to date. Little did he know, any possible thing he tries to do to harm you, any weeds he tries to throw in your garden to come against you to choke out your fruitfulness, it's just gonna amplify. It's just gonna fertilize. It's just gonna continue to grow and grow and grow, but you gotta identify and you've gotta kill. You gotta identify those weeds When the devil tried to use Saul to choke out the entire church by murdering them, God instead used him to fan the flame of revival and admonish the church in its early days. The devil tried to hold me down with some things. He tried to hold you down with some things. But you know what the cool thing is? You can look back and say, devil, you are the dumbest individual I've ever met. You keep trying, you keep trying, you keep trying, and just more and more, that soil keeps getting richer through God's victories through me. Every time God triumphs, that soil gets richer. I want to encourage you, I want to encourage you tonight to see those weeds, see those things in your life, but don't get discouraged. Look at it and say, fear, you never should have come in this garden fear you never should have stepped in here because buddy you're about to be fertilizer you're about to be the very thing that grows me even more you're about to be the furthest thing from an inhibitor to my fruitfulness come on somebody stand up right now God, I'm praying that you to thank you for joining us today we pray you have been encouraged If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com.